Hello everyone and welcome to this new episode of the London Circle where I'll be talking about something that's happening up and down the country called Muslim and Jew tour beyond Israel. The Jew being Rabbi Israel David Weiss, spokesman of the Naturi Carter in the USA, Jews against Zionism, as well as the Muslim Dr. Azam Tamimi, a Palestinian author and broadcaster, as well as Pete Gregson, chair of One Democratic Palestine, who put this whole thing together. Enjoy. The concept of this tour is extremely fascinating. I have to say that the headline is gripping, the Muslim and the Jew. It's, uh, it's something that you wouldn't expect in, uh, in today's day and age. And you certainly wouldn't expect the names, uh, Dr. Azam Tamimi, Rabbi Weiss. You wouldn't expect those two to be together, an Orthodox Jew, someone accused of being an Islamist, touring the country, talking about issues that are of great concern to both communities. In fact, no, to and, a wider and, and this, The amazing thing about this is that it, right from the beginning, it dispels the misconception about the conflict uh, that this is between Muslims and Jews. It's not. It was never about uh, uh, conflict of religions or conflict even of cultures. This is about something political that started in Europe. And then this is what we try to uh, uh, to to convey to the to the audiences we have. Does that we, idea we come across in the in the meetings that you're having? Uh, does that come across that, that in, indeed this this issue of um, a Palestinian Muslim and an Orthodox Jew coming together talking about things that they share? Does this come across that it's not then about religion? Yeah, well, with the help of the Almighty, it's just opportune. I think that it's taking this tour is taking place just at the time that the Zionists celebrate their uh, creation, and uh, we feel that it's uh, this is the the essence part of the Nakba. Uh, the Nakba is a, a, a tragedy, this co colossal tragedy. And um, as Dr. Tamimi was saying, I always show pictures how we used to always live together in peace and harmony. We have a distinctly different religion, as is obvious, but we believe in one God. We and we coexisted in 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 uh, not only as friends from the distance. We coexisted in the same courtyards, babysitting each other's children and living in peace. The difference of religion, the distinct difference of religion was never an impediment for peaceful coexistence. On the contrary, we helped each other where we compensated. We had to go to synagogue, all the people on the Yom Kippur, even the women and so forth. So the, the Muslims didn't go then. So we were able to, they gave and trusted their children with the Muslim uh, neighbors and uh, the most precious uh, thing that a person has. And, uh, the, and, and it was reciprocated. That is the way the, the coexistence was constantly of, of friendship, of trust, of health. So the the issue of the difference of religion, as Dr. Tamimi was saying, has absolutely nothing to do with the problem that exists today, that's this quagmire that so many people are breaking their heads trying to understand how do we get out of this uh, problem. The problem is a, a, a new problem that was just developed a mere hundred odd years ago from a group of a politically flawed concept, uh, Zionism, which is a transformation from religion to nationalism. They came along, all of a sudden they came in as new neighbors into the Holy Land, 
and uh, and 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 they preach and they uh, they traipse around the land in the facade as if they're representing Judaism, and they claim that every problem that exists now is because people there's a rift and that people hate the Jews. There's a difference of religion. Is, is that partly why you put this idea together? I mean, what what was the motive? Well, I, I'm not the first person. I mean, uh, a friend of mine in Liverpool had organised a, a Muslim and Jew event with uh, Miko Pellet and Isa Amro. Um, five years ago, and Isa couldn't get out of Palestine. I don't know if you know of Isa Amra, is an amazing yes, activist. And and in the end, it was just Miko, and I think Rabbi Beck came, but we didn't have a Muslim. And the idea, obviously, I, I mean, I, I was reared a Catholic. I know a lot about religion, and I'd spent a lot of time in Islamic countries, and I had a great interest in Islam. And it was uh, my experience was built around. Uh, the, the Labour Party, you know, my passion for free speech and my campaigning for Palestine. And I think uh, for me, the whole story began with this new definition of anti-Semitism, the IHRA definition, which forbids you to criticize Israel. So I had a big campaign against it, a big petition, Israel is a racist endeavor, quite provocative. And uh, of course, my trade union wanted to expel me. And that's when I first came across the Naturi Carta. When was this? Around what time? 2018. So the Liverpool so fairly friend. Recently. Liverpool friend was a friend of Aaron Cohen, who's the spokesman in the UK for the Maturi Carta. And Aaron agreed to come to my hearings with the GNB, Trade Union. I work at the National Health Service. I'm a shop steward. Uh, it's a hearing about expulsion for saying Israel's racist. And Aaron Cohen uh, came to Glasgow, came to London said, you know, there's nothing wrong with criticizing Israel. Uh, you know, I'm a rabbi. We, this, is, this is your freedom, your freedom of speech. The GMB just ignored him. So I was expelled. And uh, eventually I, was, I had to leave the Labour Party. They were going to expel me. I went through the whole charade of disciplinaries. Um, well, they, then, they expelled many Jews as well. Oh, they're expelling everyone at the moment. I mean, they've gone on 600,000 members to 200,000 and masses of expulsions. Not just me, anyone now. It, they're coming for anyone. But um, what happened was I'm also, I live in Edinburgh and uh, Balfour, Balfour Declaration from Edinburgh, and uh, we created Israel. Britain created Israel. This is a British creation, absolutely. And I felt we had a duty to help. So I, I went to Edinburgh Council and said, you know, look at the trouble we've caused. Um, why don't we twin with Gaza, of all places? Because Gaza is the most isolated and needs the help. And everybody knows about Gaza. No one else talked about twinning with Gaza. We're the only people, in, I'm the only person in Britain who pushed for twinning with Gaza. And we spent three years campaigning. And last August, uh, we finally agreed to the council would help in some way. Uh, not twinning, because they say they don't twin anymore. But on the back of all this, I went to New York. There was a big conference a year ago, Al-Auda, and the Palestinians in America are very organized, you know, very passionate. They're not frightened of losing citizenship. They get out there. You go to a conference, it's not quite middle-class British liberals like me. They're they're Palestinians and lingua franca is Arabic. <laughs> you have to speak some Arabic. Anyway, I'd already known that the Nturi Carta were based in New York and I'd written and I really very much wanted to meet uh, some representatives. And as soon as I got into the conference, there was Rabbi Weiss sitting right at the front. Uh, and, and I was. this was a Saturday, so you had his, uh, his, his Sabbath uh, 
hat on, amazing, impressive, and did his spiel to the audience. And I, this, I was knocked out. I was like, we've never seen anyone like this. You know, Aaron is old, uh, he's 80, but I've never met a rabbi who spoke like this. And I went to him and I said, Rabbi, w will you come to Britain? And he said, I want to come to Britain, but I want to speak to Muslims. And I thought, right, okay, <laughs> that's my job. So I, I, I'll tell you how I got the money later, but uh, I managed to, to lure him here and I spent a year uh, reaching if out I, to if Muslims. If I may, if I may And uh, I knew Adam separately I mean, through the Labour conference. We've had now a relationship for now going on 20 years. God's help. Uh, <laughs> yeah. More than 20 years even. Like, when uh, yeah. um, the, our Jewish brothers from Stamford Hill and from across Northern London would actually come walking across London on a Saturday in order to join our demonstrations for Palestine, to join our demonstration against the war in Iraq and the such. Three hours of walk. Three hours of walking on a Sabbath, on a, on a, on a Saturday. And that's when we got to know uh, Rabbi Weiss and his brothers. And, um, and you know, the kind of talk that, that took you by surprise in New York, we've been listening to, we've been conversing, we've been trying to, to project now for years. But let, let me be a little bit honest here. You sitting next to a rabbi in full orthodox garb. I mean, how does that look? You're from, uh, you're from Hebron. How does that look to your brothers, your family? You know, what, what do they think when they see that kind of image? Well, frankly, Anas, myself, uh, my family, most of the people, not just in Palestine, but in the Arab world and probably around the Muslim world, knew very little about the existence of people like Rabbi Wise. We thought all Jews were the same. We thought the invasion and occupation of Palestine was a Jewish endeavor. Because that's what you see. Yes. And I actually, uh, may Allah bless uh, the soul of uh, Dr. Abdurrahab al-Masiri, rahimahullah. He was the, the, the first really to open my eyes to the reality of this conflict. And then I met Rabbi Wise. I met him when uh, Ahmad Mansour uh, wanted to interview him for his program. Bila Hadud in Al Jazeera, and I was asked to translate, and uh, we met at Churchill Hotel. And Churchill, I, <laughs> <laughs> the empire that took away the Palestinian yeah, well, rights. Uh, it it uh, retains the name, but the honors are now uh, <laughs> completely different. But anyway, we met in Churchill Hotel, and I just couldn't believe myself sitting next to a rabbi with full attire, and then the, the, he was speaking a language that was a lot more radical than my own when it came uh, to Zionism and uh, to, uh, to our position. It was an eye-opener. And uh, I know that there are some people who still have uh, the same misconception. Uh, even when Sheikh Yusuf Qaradawi uh, met uh, a, a delegation from Naturi Karta, some, some people uh, tried to, uh, uh, to make an issue out of it and say, oh, look who, who is standing next to him, etc. But we had, we had to make sure that these images reach as many people as possible, that we want people to open their eyes and see for themselves that Judaism and the Jews are not the same as Zionism and the Zionists. And may I add also the advent of the opening of the Palestinian parliament after the elections in 2006 which whether yourself was there or whether your brothers were there who attended the opening. I think that was, that was Rabbi Hirsch, I think. It was probably Moshe Hirsch. Who attended. And that, memory, yeah. that image is also sometimes yeah. exploited yes, by yeah. those who are detractors. I'd like to ask the flip question. The kind of response you get when 
meeting with Sheikh Yusuf Al-Qaradawi, one meeting with Dr. Azzam Al-Tamim, one conversing with, uh, with Muslims who are seen as being radical and the such. What kind of response do you get? And, and by the way, I, I'd like to add that I've lost count of how many times your offices in New York have been ransacked or, or yeah. lit on fire or the well, such. With the help of the Almighty, I could just say the, the it, it, it's always, it, it hurts always to hear the fact that it is something of a surprise because Zionism, before it even invaded the Holy Land, this was a political movement of people who are estranged from Judaism. Uh, again, I keep on referring to pictures, but uh, it's really anybody can Google when they made the Declaration of Independence um, in, in Ben-Gurion, made the Declaration in 1948. You can see who was sitting there, all non-religious Jews, nobody's covering their heads. They, they, they didn't put God's name in the Declaration of Independence. They changed the language to modern Hebrew, they called. Every, their whole issue was a transformation from subservience to God, from obeying the Torah that says you're not allowed to steal, you're not to kill, and that we're not even allowed to have a Jewish state since the destruction of the temple. So the whole re, uh, issue of uh, the state of Israel was a total transformation to national nationalism and Erzatz Judaism and they even they uh, attempted in in so many ways to uh to uproot the religion from this Judaism, they they uh, do everything that's against the Torah, uh, whether whether it is the the desecration of the Sabbath, everything's open on the Sabbath, whether it is a uh, uh, digging of graves for for to make to build roads to what anything the, the you can you could you whatever you name it, and of course the whole concept is that they don't believe in God. They say that we have to have a gun to protect us, so it's rooted in blasphemies. Where was God to protect and all that? So the whole concept of this. Uh, Zionism is 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 essentially it's uh, uh, an antithetical to Judaism. It's totally contradictory. Yet and the they, rabbis yet they claim to be Jewish. That's the problem. They, claim. they use and, and for us, yeah. for for us Palestinians, we thought they came because they were Jews. Right. They they put on this. this they use the Star of David. They called name Israel. They made a rabbinate and a chief rabbi. But our chief rabbis that were living in Palestine, Rabbi Zunnenfeld, the blessed memory, met with the King of Transjordan. They met constantly with the leadership. Or you were mentioning uh, uh, um, Rabbi Moshe. Hirsch of blessed memory uh, was part of the Palestinian Authority. Yes, he and, was. And, and again, all this is documented. And the the, the chief in 1920s, Rabbi Zonenfeld put articles in the Arab papers, pleading with um, with the Arab Congress. Uh, Pleading with them that they should that we don't aspire to have uh, any any control of anything that is considered holy that is special to the Arab and populace. We we even put out little pamphlets about Al Aqsa Mosque where we have Rabbi Zonenfeld's quotes how we uh, about the Al Aqsa Mosque uh, which right now is being attacked again recently. So th this is a, to our rabbis not from now from the beginning when Zionism was in its birth time in the in 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 Europe, the rabbis ostracized not one group, but universally they stood in opposition. Can I ask you here? Yeah. How how widespread is that kind of understanding of Judaism? How how I mean, is it fair to say that your thoughts and your beliefs and your religion, even you're talking religiously now, is sort of a minute minority in the whole scheme of things as we see them today? It is. It's true. Well, the, again, amongst the Jewish people, the religious people, invariably around the world, the very religious communities, or, or the more the religious, the more anti-Zionist. 
And um, again, we put out the, the rabbis speak out a compilation of leadership. But and yet we see, we see people like yourself who are described right. as Orthodox Jews inside Palestine doing the most heinous of things. That is true. But that's why we, that is what, the, with God's help, we are here for, to show that the hundreds and hundreds of thousands of the very religious, we have a rabbinate with a chief rabbi, with the communities. Again, here, you go to Stamford Hills, the most religious community, and you try to find an Israeli flag flying there. And you, you're not going to find people on the street like me going out and announcing because whoever goes out gets targeted by the Zionists. As you were mentioning, in New York, we get targeted, we get harassed, we people lose their jobs because they go out and demonstrate. So people are afraid of to really being outspoken. And in France, once they were targeted. Sure, we were attacked on the streets. And, the, and, and unfortunately, the police, the authorities, somehow or other, they don't seem to see uh, when the religious, when we are being attacked by Zionism. I mean, here, the, Rabbi Cohen, who was being mentioned in Manchester, his house, he, they was shot at, his house was shot at. They constantly cut his tires. But so you're asking about how the, we are portrayed or so how is in the world the world thinks that the more the Jewish you are the more you are supporting the state of Israel so therefore it's a given that if you if you're not going to support Israel you're somehow anti-semitic if you're somehow not supporting that you're doing something bad to the as Jews per, who just went the through the Holocaust uh, right while uh, and, and so promoted. it's like they carry on this uh this fear that it shouldn't uh, we, people still remember the Holocaust and how the world was silent at the Jewish suffering at, a, at, 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 at to a large degree so the, the Zionists use this very much, this concept of what, that the world was silent, and they, and they try to conflate and talk about it as this one, the, the suffering of the Jews and um, Judaism together with the, the, the is state of Israel that you have to support it. And again, we keep on driving home. The state of Israel is forbidden. We're not allowed to have a Jewish state since the destruction of the temple. We're not allowed to oppress a people, and especially the Muslim people who for hundreds of years, let's just step back for a a moment just to the uh, to 100 years ago 150 years ago where Jews flourished in every single Muslim country so how dare this movement uh, make a declaration and a narrative that there's a religious conflict and it's an ingrained hate of the Jews from the Muslims to the Jews. This is so hurtful. That's but if part I, of the Nakba. If, if, if I may, Rabbi, uh, on the question of minority majority, yes, it is true that people who are thinking the way Rabbi Wise is thinking are today a minority among the Jews, but less than 100 years ago, they were the majority. The overwhelming majority of Jews around the world uh, when Zionism was in its infancy, were opposed to Zionism. They rejected Zionism. They rejected it. They considered it to be blasphemous. But then the Holocaust happened. And yeah, and then we everything. lost our leadership. <clears throat> they were slaughtered, all the leaders, and the Zionists came in control in, in the Holy Land, and they were able to parcel out the land for the people, and the people were uh, simply uh, without a home, and this and that. The Zionists used and manipulated that power that they had to uh, both uh, uh, somehow uh, win the will of many people, and, and it's really tragic. Pete, can I ask you, did you, I mean, in promoting this uh, this tool, which once again, I, I, I think is, is revolutionary in terms of amid the, the you know, the, 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 the wave of pro-Zionist mainstream media coverage and the such, and, and promoting that kind of narrative is actually revolutionary. I mean, this, this whole concept, this, this title in itself, now, beyond Israel, it's Muslim and Jew tour beyond Israel. Beyond Israel. Because that is saying 
we all believe Israel shouldn't exist, that Israel is an illegal state. Now, this is radical. This is the dangerous ground. What was the response of those you reached out to, including the mainstream media? I mean, for instance, I mean, no one can be more Jewish with all due respect than, than the Rabbi Weiss. No one. I mean, if you, if you set Rabbi Weiss next to Netanyahu and you ask any layman, Who's the Jew here? They will point to Rabbi Weiss. I won't sit next to him, sorry. <laughs> so so yeah. I'll tell you, um, you know, a, a year ago, when I was conceiving this whole thing, I wrote a paper saying why Zionists are not Jews, um, which was fueled from the things I'd learned from Aaron Cohen. And I, I actually sent it to Rabbi Weiss in America. I have no idea what he made of it. But I, I'd, I'd been thinking a lot, you know, for 70 years, uh, people have been fighting on the human rights angle. You know, you've been saying to Israel, you know, you're breaking human rights, you're not treating the Palestinians fairly. And that that really hasn't done, got anywhere. And I thought, well, we need to go further because their legitimacy is based on their claim to be Jews. And that's where we have to focus. I, I realized that, that we needed a new tack. We needed to get right to the core of their uh, claim on the land which was the claim that they were Jews. Now, I grew up with, um, with, with Zionists, my best friends. Uh, I had a Zionist girlfriend. I mean, so we're in Bristol University, you know, lots of... I don't know which is rich, worse, the rich Zionists or the girlfriend. Well, <laughs> anyway, um, this was student days. But uh, we didn't know anything. I never knew there was such a thing as Palestine. We never mentioned it. It was just accepted, you know, Israel was Israel, and that was it. There was a land for a people, all that nonsense. And and uh, I, it, 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 I realized that, that that was at the core of it, you know, their claim to be Jewish. Because I, you know, had arguments more recently with this. They said, why are you getting involved in this Palestine thing? This isn't for you. And in Britain, generally, the people who tend to be campaigning are often Jewish intellectuals. You know, they tend to sort of run the Palestine Solidarity Camp campaign, Labour Against the Witch Hunt, Communist Party. They are generally left-wing intellectual Jews. And uh, they didn't, even my friends, my semi-Zionist friends were, were angry. You know, why are you getting involved? There's nothing to do with you. This is between um, Muslims and, and Jews. This is not your business. They were angry with me. Um, you know, and, and so people would call me an upstart. Where are you coming from? You don't know anything about it. You know, because people have been campaigning for many years and they just thought I was a troublemaker, come from nowhere. And But I realized that the, the thing that was missing here was the, the, the Muslim view. Uh, and, and, you know, there's the Friends of Al-Aqsa in the UK and it's a bit moribund. It doesn't get out... But things, things are really changing in Britain. You know, Muslims are becoming far more confident and we're having lots of Muslims in government. In Scotland, we've got a Muslim first minister, the leader of the Labour Party is Muslim. There's a, a, a demographic change. So for, you know, there's 300,000 Jews in the UK and maybe half of them support Israel and they've got a lot of influence. But there's 4 million Muslims and, and things, uh, as Muslims become more confident and they're not carrying the baggage of the Holocaust. You know, they weren't involved in any of that. They're not carrying the baggage of empire. They're coming with fresh views, fresh ideas. You get them on the right, you get them on the left. Um, but it's, 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 for me, it's a breath of fresh air because they have a, a different approach. And, and this is where I think, for me, the optimism lies. Because once uh, governments begin to change their views, and certain Britain is the mother of Israel, once it begins to change its view, then you, you begin to have the sort of collapse that we saw in South Africa. You know, if, if ever the money was taken out of Israel, it would fall apart. And, you know, that's when people I mean, change. It's, it's quite interesting that we're having this sort of, uh, of diverse, because 
obviously, Rabbi Weiss, you're approaching it from a religious point of view. You're talking about activism, you know, and, and the such. And I'd like to ask you, uh, Azam, uh, regarding how you approach this, do you find it helpful to uh, speak about Zionism uh, from the the ideological, political perspective, as well as the religious that uh, Rabbi Weiss speaks about. What kind of audiences do you think are impacted by that kind of narrative? Well, I think there is only one right perspective in this regard, and that is the one based on facts, the facts of history. Um, of course, Palestine, to me as a Palestinian, it matters. It matters to me as a Muslim, it, as it matters to two billion Muslims around the world because of Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa, because of Al-Quds, because this is really uh, very, uh, uh, it's a cornerstone to, uh, to our faith. Yet, the fact of history is that this is just another colonial project like previous colonial projects, no difference. Even the, the Zionist claim of Judaism is similar to the Crusaders' claim of Christianity. And probably the uh, generation of Muslims who existed during the time of the Crusades uh, was more enlightened than uh, today's generation of Muslims because then they recognized the Crusades for what they were. They were the Firinja. They were not the Christians because the majority of the victims of the Crusades were Christians, were Christians living in uh, Anadolia in uh, the, uh, in, the, in what is today the Arab lands or the Middle East. So, like the, uh, the Crusades were not really uh, was not really a religious conflict. Zionism is also not a religious conflict. Yes, uh, I have a religious motivation as a Muslim to defend Palestine, uh, to stand by the Palestinian people. But I do this not because. Uh, I'm motivated by a hostility to the Jews or by enmity to them. Uh, far from it, but I'm motivated by hostility to the invaders, uh, to those who are occupying our land, those who dispossessed my parents and uh, thousands of other uh, Palestinian uh, parents. This is my approach, and this is what I seek to convince my audience is And the of. fact that what's happening in Israel is not only um, afflicting the Palestinian Muslims, but also the Palestinian Christians. I mean, uh, recent clips that we've seen of, uh, of uh, Israelis passing by um, Christian nuns and priests and the such, spitting, and spitting on, on the ground and, uh, and the such, it's, it's, it's horrific. It's but I would, I would add that it's it, not only the Christian, but the Jewish populace. Again, we, we, anybody can look at the, uh, the pictures, how the Jews are treated. The, True Jews. The, when we say the, Jews, we're not the talking ones about who are these, practicing yeah. the religion. We're not armed. Nobody can accuse us of being the terrorists, what they won't accuse the Palestinians falsely many times. But, but the Jewish people are never armed. We don't, and, and yet they're, they're brutal. Brutally beaten children, um, 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 they, little children, old men. And there's no respect for anybody. They, they assassinated many rabbis. They get arrested simply because we are standing on the streets and and saying clearly, this is an interlopers. These are people. It's a group, a political group that came into the Holy Land, into the fabric, a beautiful fabric that was existing for hundreds of years. The 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 Muslims, the uh, and the Arab populace entirely. 
and the Jewish people amongst them as a minority, but we were living in total harmony. And these here, a movement came. They simply put on a facade of rep, of the Jewish people as and and they say they represent, and it was accepted around the world. So this this whole issue is what's what's created the the. the so what the, do you think is going on in the mind of that IDF soldier as he beats? An Orthodox Jew. What, what's and, in and his if head? This would happen, yeah. And what what's would in happen his head? if this what's would happen head? in any other land? It would never be acceptable. Oh, well, well, this that's, is going. That's, on. that's a very interesting question. What is going through that young Jew's mind as he's assaulting this you, old Jew? They are being. They are um, uh, 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 being uh, influenced from the day they're born. They have a whole new uh, schooling system, so th they are taught. Uh, uh, that that Judaism is a totally different thing. It's a nationalism. They are totally uprooted from what they and they're taught that anybody who opposes them is a threat. That they, they equate Zionism, um, excuse me, they equate um, um, anti-Semitism with uh, anti-Zionism rather, anti-Zionism with Nazism, and they want to say that anybody who's standing there is is God forbid they're going to be destroyed and thrown into the sea. They they come along and they their whole it's a brainwash. From from day one, that it's a panicking, it's fear mongering, and that's what they teach them. That the other people that are here, they're a small little country amongst seventy other countries that surround it. And if they're not going to protect themselves with walls and with um with the uh, Uzis and with everything, that they're going to be murdered like the Nazis murdered their parents and grandparents. And that uh, that it's because they hate the Jews. And these Jews, like me, are are, are simply crazies, uh, fringe, and so forth. Even though we self-hating Jews. Self Jews, even though we were living. They the Gentiles, they we call them anti-Semites. We are the communities. We were the communities were there, and our rabbis pleaded with the with the with the um, uh, at the beginning with the uh, United Nations. Um, we have the rise of Dushinsky at the time of the uh, beginning. I said we furthermore wish to express our definite opposition to a Jewish state in any part of Palestine. It's in the records of the United Nations. The, the, these communities were the the Jewish. Uh, inhabitants of the land, but and, but, but what's and, the, the, the Israelis yeah. thrive on 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 uh, this this fear. I mean, the the whole Israeli state has to play the victim card to keep its power. That's why it gets four billion dollars a year from the U.S. So they can only do that by, and by it's about hammering on the idea that uh, if it weren't for Israel, you'd be eradicated, you'd exactly. be massacred, and that be... totally flies in the face of what Judaism. We believe that there's a God that protects us. Again, they're using the whole concept of uh, physical um, prowess and strength to to describe and to uh, uh, to create what Judaism is, that is totally incongruous, that is contradictory to we teach a person, our children, what your belief is in God, God gives life, God protects us. So they're uprooting every concept of Judaism from this Jewish state, from this new Jew that's created. They're destroying not only the bodies and they're creating, they're exacerbating anti-Semitism simply because logically anybody can look at the facts now. We as Jews live together with Muslims as friends, as brothers and sisters for so many hundreds of years and all of a sudden there's as Dr. Tamimi so eloquently said there was a, 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 a mistrust in, um, developed in that. and we have to now 
patch things up and re Zionism is uh, is exacerbating this. They're causing bloodshed. Not only the Palestinians of Jews. They're causing so th this, but this is this physical part. Spiritually, they've uprooted everything that it means that our two three thousand years of our covenant to serve God, just as God is just as God is compassionate, you should be compassionate. Just as we uh, we are to live as to be a, a, a priest of a nation of serving God and therefore to um uh, to, to to that the world should learn from uh, from a person how to be a, a godly person they've uprooted all of this i uh, i mean i'm reminded uh, i was uh, i was with the professor avi schleim from oxford university uh, last year a few months ago and um, I was actually quite moved by his story because he's an Iraqi. Yes, Jew. he told he's, me actually his story in in an interview I did and, with him. And one of the one of the things that really moved me was the fact that his father never ever, upon migrating from Iraq, he sort of said he was compelled to to migrate to uh, to the new Israel. Um, he said he never ever found his footing until the day he died. He was always feeling that he was an outsider because and and he said that his mother and his aunts whenever remembering iraq they would they would actually weep from the nostalgia of uh, you know their neighbors and their friends and the food they ate and the i think this was a common feeling among the first generation of arab jews if i may call them arab jews who were forced to migrate to palestine yet the zionists then had a program to bring up and educate the second generation in, in an extreme Zionist sort of mindset. Uh, and uh, there is a major distinction between the first generation and the latter generation. Yeah. And this is what uh, I'm reminded by, by the education system, how they educate Jews from, from childhood. But, but I, I met the, the, somebody who was speaking about an Iraqi Jew, and, um, somebody, I think his name is Galadi. His first name is saying maybe is Noam Galadi. He Gilad wrote a book called Ben-Gurion Scandals, where he spoke think, about I his history. Naim, Naim Galadi. And he wrote a book, and we personally met with him in New York when he, after he wrote this book. I questioned him. He wrote how they put bombs, the, the, the Zionists, were caught. He was part of this Zionist group that they put bombs in synagogues to create a, 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 and a, 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 a panic that the Jews should run away. And they did it in Yemen. Also, we've met with people uh, who uh, attest to this. And so they and they, they ran away because, because the Zionists tried to create an atmosphere that the Jews should feel uncomfortable. Mossad. And therefore Mossad, they should, right. and they'll, they'll run to Palestine and then they'll build Palestine. When you say, because they, they were forced to leave, they were forced to leave because of Zionist agitation creating of you know, it's, um, it's quite uh, interesting um, because, mistrust. because t relaying this story on uh, public radio cost uh, Ken Livingston his his career it was relaying this story just merely saying that someone wrote a book and mentioned what you've just said. But these are the facts. That canceled him These entirely. are the facts. The Jews lived for hundreds of years. I asked him, how was your life prior to your joining the design? How was the Jewish life there? So he said, oh, he said, how he regrets because he had he was disenchanted from Zionism. That's why he gave this up. So he said, my father begged me, he said, not to join the Zionists. He said, we lived. The rabbis would go on the street. The little Arab children would come and kiss the corners of the clothing. They would make sukkahs that we make a holiday building and we would hang fruits over there. The Arabs would come and the non-Jews would come and hang their fruits there that it should be blessed. We lived in, in harmony. 
Because again, this issue is totally nothing to do with a religious conflict. This is only a portrayal of Zionism in order to glean support from the world and to, uh, uh, and to um, in intimidate people who should not speak up against what Israel is doing. And here it's becoming cemented and officially uh, explained that uh, opposing what Israel is doing, any action is is uh, d defined as anti-Semitic. That is unacceptable, and it's not respecting the Jewish people and their religion. We gave our lives for our religion. Now our religion is being sullied, is being uh, besmirched in, 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 and uh, dragged in the mud, and any action that is being done is being blamed on my religion and on the people. We gave our lives. We gave our lives also not to rebel against God and, and, and to, cre um, to recreate what Judaism is. Zionism has created a shell, a new type of a Judaism, and, 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 and you are forced to uh, recognize this as my Judaism. We have it here in, 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 the, in uh, the Stamford Hills and in the other, other places, pockets of very religious Jews, or you come to the United States, the, 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 the most distinguished rabbis, scholars, and our communities, large, large communities, are clear in differentiating between what Judaism is and Zionism is. So although you're saying the world looks at it, well, the world uh, sometimes buys into a, a, a mistake that's had, it had happened before in history. The world as a non-Jewish world buys into evangelistic Christians, buys into the concept of the children of Israel for the land of Israel. But God warned us as children of Israel, if we will try to recreate the state, then we will be punished by God, God forbid. So what the, 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 they're supporting something that is damaging because of, of God warned us. Pete, and what's happened just, to before the people. just before you Christian come in, just before you come in, just before you come in, one of the things, and I'm sure you'll be aware of this, um, in Britain now, we're also we're, we're witnessing a rise of the far right, neo Nazis, racist, racist nationalists, and all, all of these. Um, and we often see demonstrations of uh, Britain first and, and their ilk um, across uh, the country, targeting Muslims particularly. But one thing that often catches my attention is that invariably, in every single one of those demonstrations and marches, you will find the flag of the state of Israel in every single one. And I have countless images of the likes of Tommy Robinson and uh, Nick Griffin and the such being in the background, there's, there's a flag of Israel. Now, I never understood this because these people are essentially the descendants of the Nazis. So how could anyone claiming to have any kind of affinity to this modern state of Israel well, you mentioned you mentioned Ken Livingston earlier, and I mean he got into trouble for mentioning the Havara Agreement. The Zionists were quite comfortable. I mean Hitler in Mein Kampf, he, he admired the Zionists. He wanted the Jews out of Germany. He wanted them into to Palestine. So, they had a common objective. Yeah, and they and they made money. I mean, when it, in nineteen thirty four, the Second World War, uh, American Jews are all over. You know, we got to stop Hitler. Uh, they wanted a worldwide boycott of, of Germany, but they couldn't do it because the Zionists refused. They said, we're making too much money because every time a German Jew got their home taken away from them, the money would end up in the Zionists' pocket. And they, they, the deal was is that they would buy German produce. It was like 22 million Deutschmarks. I mean, it all fell apart about 1939 um, when the war started. But even throughout the war, 
the Zionists were favored by the Nazis and they had the Judenrat and, and they were often in charge of these Judenrats and they were rounding up Jews. But, but, but also, I mean, there was at, terrible things at, happening. At the, at the ideological level, Zionism is uh, very similar to Nazism same and fascism. Aryan same Aryan Same purity. sort of mentality. It's a, it's a mentality of, a, of, of someone who claims to be superior to others. I mean, it's interesting. When Zionism first emerged, 1850s, was on the back of these nationalist movements. Italy was, was pulling together its principalities, becoming a new nation. Germany, the same thing. And the Zionists saw these new nations being formed and they thought, well, we, we can do that. We can have our own. So the idea of the sort of nationalism came from looking at nation states forming, but their perception, as as the rabbis pointed out, they weren't interested in um, in in Judaism as a religion. They were only interested in taking uh, a land. And they, you know, Herzl said, anti-Semitism is our friend. You know, he 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 wanted more and more anti-Semitism so that they could get their own country and. Throughout the Second World War, they knew about the gas chambers. They knew that people were being gassed, but they wouldn't get involved because it's only through the death of our uh, of Jews in Europe that we will get our land after the war. And they knew this. I think I think they 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 used aspects of Judaism to justify themselves, like claiming that there was a divine promise. Uh, given to the Jews. Well, this was an evangelical Christian view Yeah, that as well. entitled them to come to Palestine, occupy it, and dispossess its population. Um, there's a, a brilliant book by John Rose uh, called The Myths of Zionism, where he explains that despite the fact that the founding fathers of Zionism were all atheists, secular nationalist atheists, they actually used the Bible to justify their project. I, I think really, um, I, on that point, I was, so there's two just very, uh, uh, Theodor Herzl, as the father of Zionism, wrote in his own diary, and we have a book called Traditional Torah Opposition to Zionism, many of their quotes, many of the documents of them. So Theodor Herzl, and I'm quoting from his diary, page 14, he said, the way, <coughs> excuse me, the way to solve the problem of anti-Semitism is to speak to the head priest of Vienna, to get an appointment with the Pope, to make a mass conversion of all the Jews of Austria to Catholicism. That's what he wrote. It is to be done on a Sunday in the middle of the day with music and pride publicly. We are the last generation that held on to the faith of our forefathers. The conversion would be in St. Stephen's Cathedral. In other words, this will, again, nothing with my religion that they're using and 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 attacking those who uh, who, who want to claim, who have claim against Zionism, and they're calling them um, anti-Semitic and so forth. When he's, his solution that we gave our lives for generations died for us Jews, he said, just, just uh, with the last generation, it should be done with music and pride. It, we should, there should be a mass conversion to Catholicism. And, and on the I think he of, himself almost baptized he, his child that they, 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 they right, before they, he converted yeah, to Zionism. Yeah, right. He 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 was intending to convert to. Christian, but he was one of many of these leaders, yeah. And and Ben Gurion, and, and now again, always when we talk about this, it's not that all every single Zionist was like that, but we're talking about the whole movement as a general rule at the, the leadership and the beginning of that. Then they fused in religion in order to give it this legitimacy. They made a rabbinate and a chief rabbi, and the, and the, they, so they're using the religion really as a stick. They the, and the Holocaust they're using as stick also. At the beginning, they colluded with the Nazis. We put out a whole book about. This called uh, the Holocaust victims accused. It's really it's 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 it is 
it's unbelievable the 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 fact what they did, how they worked with the Nazis. But afterwards, um, they, when the Jews, was the writing was on the wall, Jews were being murdered by the Nazis at the in the 30s already when there was the start of this. So the Zionists were very powerful movements because they started way before Holocaust. They used the Holocaust, but they were way before then. And when they, they had a meeting of the Zionists, and this is in many places quoted in the Jewish press, it's a, a Zionist paper, and a, a religious Zionist paper they call some, and many others quote Theodore Hertz, I'm sorry, Ben um, um, Chaim Weitzman, the first president of, of Zionism. And he, and he says, they had a the meeting. first president of Israel. Of Israel. Of Israel. Of Israel yes. I'm sorry. The first president of Israel. Yeah, and he was the graduate pivotal. Of Manchester. And he was the one who was pivotal in creating the state. Gave him the a reward for his help to Britain by World War One. And he said, Palestine cannot absorb the Jews of Europe. They were talking about should they help save the Jews that are being starting to be murdered. He said, Palestine cannot absorb the Jews of Europe. We want only the best of Jewish youth to come to us. We want only the educated, meaning doctors, lawyers, to enter the Palestine for the purpose of increasing its culture. The other Jews will have to stay where they are and face whatever fate awaits them. These millions of Jews are dust on the wheels of history and may have to be blown away. We don't want them pouring into Palestine. We don't want Tel Aviv to become another little ghetto. Another little great ghetto. Because well, why? if there is anything words, called anti-Semitism, anti that's it. That's it. Prime anti-Semitic. Massive writings, the the ones the the ones that started the uh, Yitzchak Greenbaum. These were the he was the chairperson of the Jewish Agency at the time, and he said when they asked me, couldn't you give money out of the United Jewish Appeal (UJA) um, funds for the rescue of Jews in Europe? And I said no. I say again, no. One should resist this wave which pushes the Zionist activities to secondary. Importance. I, the, the quotes are beyond belief, beyond belief, I mean, and they terrible. get away what's, with this. The, the Bund movement again, and the whole much, movement against Israel. Let me just say Israel. that. How much bloodshed is caused, how much hate, how much animosity, a uh, rift in the world because of Zionism, yet they accuse others of anti-Semitism when their hands are covered in blood. It's it's just unacceptable. And I really plead with the leaders in Britain and in the United States respectfully, because as a Jew, we, we, we ask to pray for the well-being, and we are thankful for the home that is given to us both in Britain and in, in America and throughout the world the Western civilization that's giving us home. But why But why do they buy into this narrative and accept these people just because they, they're powerful you are buying into their narrative and causing that there should be Palestinian bloodshed and Jewish bloodshed and that our home is uprooted from us from Palestine this Jewish community that was there and around the world we are suffering and this is Jews uprooted from all the Middle Eastern countries because of Zionists. And yet they, they go in their merry way, the Zionists, and if anybody dares to at least try to bring to the table this logic and facts that we have, the facts of Judaism that are there, it's 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 like we our rabbi said, one and one is two. The facts are there. You can't dispute the facts, and you can't dispute the fact that the very religious communities oppose what's happening. Yet you are, you are labeled anti-Semitic, you are labeled un unacceptable this is unacceptable and god should how change useful this. how useful do you find uh, recent reports of human rights organizations within the state of israel including b'tselem and, and others describing um the state as being a 
you know, an apartheid state. How useful do you think that is to the narrative? Well, I think it's useful, although it comes quite uh, quite late. Uh, but yet it uh, just uh, asserts a fact, a reality. That's the reality. Uh, and um, uh, we, we cannot deny that uh, there, there is an increasing number of uh, people uh, within the Zionist state uh, who are waking up to the nightmare. They're released, they're, they're recognizing now that this Zionist entity uh, is a nightmare. It's not the safe haven uh, that was uh, promised. Uh, it's not the democracy that was uh, promised. Uh, it's racist, it's fascist. And uh, uh, I think it's uh, brave of them to uh, come out and say it. Pete, I mean, you still have a few days to go. You have about uh, 10 days or so to go for the tour. Um, I'd be interested in in knowing what are the main feedbacks, comments. Do you find that many of those who attend um, the, the the meetings of this tour um, that they're surprised that something new is revealed to them, that they're shocked into you know asking serious questions of Israel and Zionism at the time? So I've spent. I've got a full-time job, but I spend many months, all my time off, um, visiting cities and flyering. I've put out 25,000 flyers for this tour. And I go to, to Muslim shops, cafes, restaurants, and 50% uh, of the time, they look and they say, oh, there's a, there's a Jew, he supports Israel. I said, no, he doesn't. He's <laughs> pro-Palestine. Well, well, look, he's got a kefir. Oh, uh, what, a, a, a Jew that, that supports Palestine? Uh, and... You know, people are astonished. You know, they just can't get their heads around it. And they're excited. They're, they're, this is interesting. Um, and and the, the response, went, I mean, we were in Bradford a couple of days ago. Everyone's queuing up, coming out of the shops, want to get their picture taken with a the rabbi. They've never seen anything like it. Their minds are blown. I mean, there are probably a lot of Orthodox Jews that reject Israel, but the Nishturi Karta are the brave ones, the ones that go out with the kefir, the ones that make the speeches. And, and people are, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I saw him once on TV. And uh, an amazing, uh, it, 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 it's incredible to see people, uh, and particularly Muslims, um, because they, they know a lot about the Torah. And they, they know that the Torah says there can be no mass return of Jews to Palestine without the Messiah. And they, they know this truism. So they know the message that the rabbi has, that they shouldn't be there, that this is an illegal state. But they've never seen anyone with the guts to stand up and say it. And, and this is quite terrible, amazing. But, but also at the same time, we have this problem with Zionists trying to cancel venues. I, I'm and, just always bewildered. I'm bewildered because, I mean, it, it's, we say it's the works of the Shatan. There's, I, we, I, we were in Gaza also, thank God. We went through Egypt to, and uh, and we see. Uh, I went to visit uh, the Samuni family in Zaytun. Yes, the, the um, and the, uh, that the family that was wiped out, out by the. It, this is a year afterwards. There's people around the world are good. There's human rights activists. The Palestinians suffering so long, so much, and they're in the eye of the world in a certain manner. It's not like it's in some back uh, wilderness. And yet the pe people just do not seem to want to actively help 
the, the Palestinians, or they want to maybe, but they can't bring themselves to because of the fear, most probably, of being labeled uh, anti-Semitic and they'll destroy you. We're talking about usually well-to-do people who are very, uh, very big businesses and things like that. And most probably they're just afraid that they'll, they'll, they'll just get be ruined. And there's this people, I went there a year after this the attack was on this family, and there were still people living in, 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 uh, in squalor, in tents, cold in the winter. They, they, the water is impure. The few, food is impure. And, and, and they're the, the totally destroyed. We went to visit the orphanages. This, is, this was just an example. And we went and we cried with the people in the orphanages. And the rabbis from our community spoke about Der Yassin, Rabbi Beck of Blessed Many of the people from the Jewish cringed when they spoke about how, what a good community. Yet they're being labeled and still accepted in the world that these are terrorists, terrorists, terrorists. Well, they're people, innocent people who were attacked and, and as a whole, a whole wide uh, not only community, a uh, uh, people, and, and the world just is silent. It's unacceptable. That's just part of this neck, but this narrative. As Jews, we are humiliated. We are frustrated. We are here on this tour to speak the mind, not only of me or my colleagues in New York, there's large communities in New York, or, or even here in Stamford Hills, in the heart of Jerusalem, hundreds of thousands of Jews that the world doesn't even want to recognize as the voice of Judaism, they are there and hurting with the Palestinians. We beg, we plead with the world at large, human rights activists, please stand up. It's not anti-Semitic. It's on the contrary. It's anti-Semitic to be silent because it, it causes that the Jews, uh, in the long run, will be looked as inhumane, will be doing actions that's inhumane, not even knowing what they're doing, the company, the certain people, I'm not condoning what they're saying. So the silence is creating anti-Semitism. We must speak up and stop a simply flawed political endeavor that's a mere, uh, quite new. It's a, a 70 years, 75 years now, and 150 years. When Judaism is 3,000 years, and our coexistence is thousands of years. Pete. You, uh, I mean, you brought it up, so I'm going to push you on it. Um, you said that you've put out tens of thousands of leaflets. You've, you're renting venues up and down the country. You're taking time off work. You're using your vacation time in order to do this. Um, where do you get the money from? Who backs you? Oh, Edinburgh Council. <laughs> Oh, Edinburgh Council, yeah. Uh, the, I don't know if you can see this metal plate, the stitches on my wrist from here to here. <laughs> okay, what's the, what's the story behind that? Well, I mean, I, I, 10 years ago, Edinburgh tram system, um, I broke my wrist uh, on a motor scooter on the tram rails. Uh, and it was the council's fault because they were badly laid. And uh, I got compensation. Um, so it's funny, I put on my Facebook page that thanks to the Edinburgh Council, <laughs> uh, the Muslim and Jew tour is going ahead. And all the Glasgow Zionists uh, called up the council, what are you doing funding that Muslim and Jew tour? And, and, the, and the council called me and said, why are we funding this? And I said, well, you broke my wrist. <laughs> so that was £10,000. Listen, the cost. I, I, have to, I have to say, I mean, I have to say, that um, I don't know of anyone. I, I I literally do not know of anyone who would uh, who would do that. Uh, money that they got as compensation for an injury they incurred to put it to this kind of cause. I have I have to salute you. I mean, I because mean, I've got a job. I paid for my house. Uh, kids are growing up. I mean, I think I have never been so passionate. I mean, for forty years I've been passionate for Palestine, and I can't think of a better use of money. Um, I mean, there's been a big challenge the past 10 years getting media coverage. This has been very difficult. 
Um, you know, it's about 10 years ago, the big tent for Israel, the event in Manchester, the Zionists agreeing that they had to push the IHRA definition. They had to get into the BBC. They had to get into the political parties. They had to get into the trade unions. And then at the crucial point when Corbyn appeared, they pulled out the IHRA definition and they'd forced executive committees to adopt it without ever going to any memberships. And in the past five years, the Zionists have won the PR war for Israel. You know, people are terrified now. I mean, we're doing this tour at the most difficult time. You know, Corbyn has now been more or less expelled from the Labour Party for 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 being an anti-Semite. He's about as anti-Semitic as a Labrador puppy. You know, the guy's always He was been amongst the very first to actually campaign for the rights of Jews and Jewish immigrants back in the, the 70s and 80s when no one was talking about their So rights. people have seen this madness. And I, I used to work at the BBC. I know journalists and they say, you know, we just can't get this stuff out. They're terrified. Uh, you know, if they do anything, the phone rings off the hook. The Israeli embassy is so organized they can get a thousand Zionists calling one number, you know, at the press of a button. And that journalist, at that point, their career is finished because they get thousands of complaints. So journalists live in terror and they won't publish. And even, you know, when I had a big event gig for Gaza, the journalists interviewed the bands, they had a big feature, couldn't get the newspapers to publish it. At the moment, you've got um, Palestine Action attacking Elbit factories uh, all over the country, uh, protesting. These are Israeli arms factories that obviously Britain uh, supports. And and they the, the only time they get coverage is when it goes to court, when it becomes judicial proceedings. So it's very, very hard at the moment to get the media. Um, but the Muslim media, Muslim radio, Muslim TV, they're good. They they don't have the same fear. And that is brilliant. Though some <laughs> brilliant. Muslims, though some though Muslims, some Muslims yes. cancelled venues. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, the first Muslim mayor of London, he cancelled a venue three days ago. And I was so disgusted, I wrote an open letter, sent it to 200 journalists, none of which have published it. But they know me. And I've been campaigning for many, many things for the last four years. So they know me and, and they know about this issue. And Thank they you know very, they have very to much. Stand. Um, that was an excellent, fantastic discussion. Thank you.